Welcome to the third season of the For Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Wilcoxon, and one of the lay elders here at Redemption Church Gateway. This season, we're going to be talking about work, careers, taking our faith into the marketplace, and some practical advice. This episode is about stay-at-home parents. A Pew Research Center study reported 11 million U.S. parents, that's one in five, are not working outside the home. Despite some fluctuation, is roughly the same percentage as it was 25 years ago, with 27% of mothers and 7% of fathers are stay-at-home parents. Christina Cross, a postdoctoral fellow and incoming assistant professor of sociology at Harvard University, says, In many ways, the coronavirus outbreak has shed light on the invisible physical and emotional labor that stay-at-home parents perform. Stay-at-home parents who never work remote— and who are always on the clock 24-7 are as much part of our nation's workforce as any other career or job. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Mary Strong and Darcy Wilcoxon. Thank you both for your time. Hi. Happy to be here. All right. Bit of background, Mary. We're going to start with you. Tell us about your family. Tell us about um, kind of your, how you see your role within the home and and how long have you been attending Redemption Church Gateway? Alrighty. Uh, so yeah, my name is Mary Strong. Uh, I am wife to Brett Strong. Uh, we have two kiddos, Levi, who is seven, and Elsie, who is five. Um, I officially have elementary kids. No preschoolers anymore. We're Yay! kindergarten, second grade. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we're like seven <laughs> weeks in, so it's a pretty big deal. Um, let's see, I've been going to Redemption, oh man, uh, since about 2013. So Levi was still in my belly. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Great. Darcy, I, I know you well, but let, for those who are not listening, we are married. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us about our family, your role within the, uh, the home, and how long we've been attending Redemption Church Gateway. Yeah, so our family, uh, we're a family of six and uh, four kids, three boys, one girl. Uh, the oldest is married and one of them, one of our kids is off in college in Chicago and we have two at home one at ASU and one going to Chandler Gilbert uh, Community College as a senior in high school which may be confusing but that's the way it is <laughs> um, and we've been coming to redemption since the beginning oh yep that's right uh, okay, so before you both became parents, uh, did you both work um, kind of your early years of, of marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I went to school for graphic design. So I kind of split my career between doing graphic design and then I kind of moved to the web space. So I was web, web developer for about four or five years. Uh, yeah, so I did, I did that basically up until actually I was working at home part time for the first uh, two years of being a mom, uh, basically like literally a week before I had my little girl. <laughs> yeah. And did you continue to work the first couple of years you had uh, your, yeah, your so, first child? Yeah. So I, I worked uh, at home part-time for the first two years, uh, which was fine the first year when, you know, kids are not mobile and <laughs> they can just lay on the ground and you can do your work and yeah. you only have four hours of work and it's fine. You do your work during nap times. Um, and then basically after the first year, when he started walking at about four, 14 months, it was like, this is not happening anymore. You had it good. Like it's all done. <laughs> and he kind of needs to be out and socializing and all those things. So um, just the way it happened, we bought a house um, right before my my second daughter, or my daughter, uh, my second child was born. Um, so we ended up, I kind of had to stay on, you know, that they liked us having two incomes. Um, so I ended up staying on basically right until uh, she was born, which was maybe, like I said, about a week before we bought the bought the house or a week after we bought the house. Great. So. And Darcy, what, uh, what, where did you work and what did you do before? Yeah, kids? so my degree is in early childhood development. And I actually was uh, teaching preschoolers for the first couple of years of, um, that we were married. And then uh, we had our first uh, child and I worked for a couple months, but then got a job at our, the church we were going to. And that worked out well because uh, most of that was from home. And, and then it was on Sundays and we were already at church. So that worked out. Um, and similar kind of thing it was about a year in and that was fine because I could take him to meetings and put him in a playpen or you know whatever and it wasn't that big of a deal and then 
um, I got pregnant with our second and wasn't sure what I was going to do with the first if when I was going to meetings. And so I was trying to figure that out when um, you actually ended up getting a job that we could um, live on one income and it allowed me to then stay at home without having to work um, for a paycheck. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Good distinction. Nice, nice little clarification there. Um, and, and just focus on, you know, what we were doing during the day with the kids. Yeah. So let's talk about that decision because that is a really big decision for any family is when one, one of them will stop taking a full-time paycheck, continue to work, but work maybe in the home as a parent, but also anything else. But what was that decision like? Was it difficult? What were some of the factors that went into saying, okay, I'm going to shift to stay at home and work as a parent? But uh, yeah, what was that decision like? So I would say for us, the decision, um, we basically already knew before we had kids um, that I was going to stay home. Um, thankfully, both of us had stayed home moms. Um, and we both distinctly remember, I mean, this was, you know, let me say forever ago, I'm 37. So I mean, it was a while ago. Um, and we already knew at the time that was not, every mom was not at home. And we knew that we really appreciated and we really benefited from having our moms at home. Like we both remember having stories of like, yeah, mom was there if I was sick. Mom was always there after school. She, you know, just was very, um, very there and very present and available um, for us growing up and both of it, it just really resonated with us. And we both, you know, like I said, even before we had kids, like that was something we felt very strongly about and really wanted to do. Um, I would say the actual, like that panning out, like that part was difficult. Um, cause like I said, we went from, you know, two incomes to one. Um, and at the same time we bought a new house. Um, we went from a condo to a house. So, you know, all the new bills and everything that comes along with having a house, um, versus, you know, a condo as well as going down to one income. Um, so it was something we knew that like we wanted to do that. We knew that that's, you know, God had very much, uh, convicted both of us that that's where he wanted me. Um, but the actual practicality of it, like it was, it was hard and it was one of those things mm. the timing of buying a house we bought in 2016. So, I mean, the housing market was just blowing up. We knew that it was going to be a stretch to do it. Um, but we knew like it was just what God was calling us to do. Um, but like I said, for the first two years, I mean, it, it was difficult and it was something that we knew like, we're going to have to sacrifice at some things like that was just the reality of it. But we also knew like the benefits that we saw that would come from that and the fruit that we would see was worth, you know, whatever sacrifices we had to do in the meantime. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Darcy, what about, what about the decisions that we made or when we started having that, that, you know, that discussion? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember us really having that kind of sit down type of conversation, but I think, um, it's something that I had wanted. I, um, my mom was a stay at home mom and again, kind of similar in that I knew the I had the benefit of that. Um, and I don't, um, knowing something about myself, I, I don't do well when there's more, a lot of stuff on my plate. And so just focusing on the kids, um, was something that I had, I'd wanted to do. And being in early education, I'm already, I'm, that's something that was my focus and something that I had wanted to, um, bring the kids, uh, up in a, in that kind of way of knowing what they need and being their primary caregiver in a way that, but again, not dividing my attention between one thing and I would have done it right. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, but God was gracious and providing you that job that, um, allowed me to stay home. So, yeah. And it was something that we had discussed while we were still dating mm -hmm. and knowing that we were going to get engaged. So having that conversation early and kind of having that sense of that was going to be your expectation that you probably work for a couple of years, but then once we start having kids and we got to a place where we could do it, you really wanted to be a stay home mom. Yeah, but we didn't, it wasn't this, um, we didn't, we didn't wait until we felt like we could afford kids. We just kind of went, <laughs> yep. we're going to have kids and God's going to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's a lot of wisdom there, right? <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So if you can remember back, what was that shift like? 
going from, okay, I have an employer and I have responsibilities at, at a job or at my work to all of a sudden now you're at home and you're managing your time. You're managing or putting together a schedule and feeding and raise, helping to raise the kids within the home. Like what, what was that shift like? Yeah. The definition of productivity changes (laughs) and that's a huge, that can be a Mm. huge challenge because all of a sudden, and, and from where I was at, I had a room of, you know, 15, 20, two, three year olds, whatever. And, you know, we get this done, we get that done. I've taught them this, they've learned this, we've cleaned this up. We've, you know, and there's a structure to the day and I can leave the day going, I have accomplished something. I've, you know, trained kids, I've, you know, whatever. And, and then there's this baby, that's all you got at home. And all you have to count, uh, you know, to say for yourself is maybe I vacuumed or maybe I've changed a diaper and look at me how productive I am. <laughs> and um, so if that's the definition of productivity, that's, you're going to disappoint. You're going to disappoint yourself if that's someone else's definition of productivity, you're going to disappoint them. And you have, we had to reframe what that definition of productivity looks like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mary, that yeah. transition. Oh yeah. I mean, I would completely agree. The idea of like what um, a productive day was. I mean, it just, it just blew up. I mean, I, I went from a job where I literally had a list of tasks. I had projects that had deadlines and I laid out my whole day and I would just go about that. I have meetings interspersed, but I would get my stuff done and I check it off the list and I move on to the next thing. And being a home with kids, it's, it is not that. And so that was just like, I quickly had to shift what my idea of productivity is. And I think even like the, what my idea of like what success was mm-hmm. and, and realizing like, it's not going to be like a, a to-do list that's done. Like it's going to be, okay, did I connect with my child this day? Um, like, did I lose my temper or not? Like it just really shifted my idea of even what success was. Um, and then I think too, a big thing for me was like having measurable, like, you know, if I'm doing good or if I'm doing bad, like, you don't, you don't have like, we, me and my husband joke, like that he's going to give me quarterly reviews, you know, <laughs> and maybe it would help to give me some, you know, some sense of like how I'm doing, but like, truly you don't, you don't get that. Like, I'm sure like you guys, I mean, your kids are just about like out the nest. Um, and so you can kind of look back and say, okay, how did, how did this go? But it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm doing a great job, mm. you know, and you just, you lean into Jesus as much as you can and say, I'm going to trust you with the outcome of these kids. But like, even that you can't measure it the same way that you would measure it before. So you just, you have to shift your, your way of thinking and yeah. just in so many areas. And I think you just don't have any idea of what that's going to look like until you're truly in it. Like no one can prepare you for that aspect of it. Yeah. yeah, and just when you think you've kind of gotten something down, oh, yeah, and this is where where we're at in life, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's no diapers, or there's now they're in school, or you know, yeah, all these things, you know, it's continually changing. So you're having to continually adapt what productivity or what success looks like or doesn't look like, or you know, how you're going to even operate as a family. Yeah. Well, I think too. Last thing, I think your coworkers. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> your work, your coworkers yes, change. Your coworkers yeah. change, yeah. and all of a sudden they don't have fully developed brains that yeah. work in the rational sphere. Yes. all the time. Uh, so I'm, I may have met a couple at, at work also that might, are still yeah. still developing, yeah. still growing, yeah. learning how to walk and talk and be nice to people in the yeah. sandbox. So yeah. even that, you know, like not being around yeah. adults yeah. all day. That's, that's a huge shift too. Yeah, it is a shift. When you said the word change, it, remi- it made me think of how things have changed, expectations on what a stay-at-home uh, parent looks like or a stay-at-home mom uh, and just the role of mothers. I think about th- the social media and Pinterest and other forms of media that have this idealized kind of uh, I guess view of what mom or a stay home parent should be uh, Instagram worthy uh, placements at the dinner table or holidays or your fashion. Uh, so, I mean, let's, let's talk a little bit about just 
it feels like there's this shift of super, super high unattainable expectations because of social media and, or, or influencers. So stay at home moms who have this in, looks like incredible life, incredible relationship with her husband, incredible relationship with her kids and a house that's perfectly manicured and, and uh, beautiful for, for social media. Like, that's unattainable. Like, so let's talk a little bit about that. what, what, what do you see? What frustrates you? And do you feel like there is this unattainable expectation out there for, for mothers or stay home parents? Well, I think starting with the fact that when we were raising our kids, we didn't have that. So Thank recognizing, <laughs> recognizing that we're even in just that short amount of time there, we've, we've shifted from, we didn't have that. So all I knew is kind of maybe what I heard, you know, like a birthday party a friend would throw, I would just hear about it. So unless my kid was invited to said birthday party and I actually went and saw what how they did it, I didn't have anything to compare it to. Maybe I saw someone share a picture, you know, a physical picture, <laughs> a photograph. <laughs> I didn't have that. And so there was not as much of that comparison to do. And so as that's changed having to work within that and recognize that um, now we're coming alongside people who that's all they know. Now that is the, the water that they swim in and the pressure that they're under, whether they even recognize it or not, whether they're even engaged fully on social media or not, that that is the, the pressure of living up to that. Yeah, I feel like the hard thing is, is that, like, I think, Sean, you mentioned this. Um, I just call you Sean. Talk about your son. I'm, I'm Jeffrey, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of your son. Anyway, sorry. Um, but so I think it's just, it's so pervasive. It's just everywhere. And I think, like, even if you're not, like, going out, like, intentionally following mom bloggers or, like, you know, you just influencers or something like that. Even if you were like, hey, I just want to, like, throw a birthday party. My son likes giraffes mm -hmm. and I want to do that. Even then, you're if you're trying to just get inspiration, it's just going to be everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. it's just going to be everywhere. This idea of this just over-the-top level um, that it's like that's just has turned into like that is the goal, that is success, when it's like there's nothing in between. Um, and I think it's just hard because, it's, you know, our, our broken hearts, it's like we want – we want what it should have been, you know, it, it should be, it should not be fallen. It should be so much better. And so our hearts are just like longing for it. Um, and it's like, we're trying to, it's, it's easy to feel like, oh, well, if I do that, that equals me being a good mom. And that means that I love my child well. And it means that I'm, you know, achieving all of the things that I'm doing while I'm home, because maybe you're desperately grasping for some sort of like, um, efficiency test or like, am I doing yeah. well or something like yeah. that? And maybe yeah. that's something you can try to, uh, you know, reflect it upon and say, well, if I achieve that thing, then that means I'm doing well at this. Um, and it's just, it's just so, I think the pervasiveness to me, that's the hard thing is that it's just everywhere and you just constantly have to keep your vigil up and just checking your heart and where is, where am I really resting in? Is it like attaining like my house being spotless or is it just like, did I love my family well? Mm. And did I love my, my husband well? And do I love my kids well? And like, am I example of Jesus in my household? Um, I think it's just like, it's, it's so easy to just, you go down the rabbit hole and you don't even realize that you're there before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we get, we get, you know, moms, we're all very excitable and we, <laughs> we want so badly for our kids to have fun and to enjoy themselves. And so sometimes it's not even something we recognize because we do tend to be others focused in that and it can go over the top. I mean, it goes over the line. We're so that child focused or show that focus that, um, that we can lose sight. But so sometimes it can be a me thing and sometimes it can be a, so them thing. So it's not even necessarily one or the other. Um, but it's that the need to put on something that, our kids are probably going to look back and that's not even going to be what they remember. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've talked to the, our kids even, you know, occasionally about, you know, what do you remember about this? Or 
you know, what was your favorite that? And it's hardly ever what I think it's going to be. And, uh, you know, do you remember that cake or do you remember that present? And they rarely remember the things I think they're going to remember. And so kind of keeping some of those, I think kids are more likely to remember the connection points, the people points, the, the friends, the, you know, those kinds of things than the decorations and some of the stuff that we think adds to the environment of a party or an event, um, or even like the home, was it super clean? Was it super dirty? Are they going to even remember that? Or, or are they just going to remember the fact that we played games as a family or not? Mm. You know, were we all yeah. in our rooms or were we all together? Those are the things they're going to remember. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you've heard comments from other people or uh, people have asked you about being a stay home parent. Like what are some of the misconceptions or comments that they've heard that you've heard that clearly tells you they don't really quite understand your role within the home. So like what, what are, what are those things you've heard or those comments or, or just misconceptions that people have about that being a stay home parent? Well, I think Darcy, she touched on this a little bit. Um, this idea of like, you are working even though you don't have a paycheck. Um, like I remember when I very first started staying home, I was still working part-time. So I had a, uh, like a happy hour sort of thing with all of the other women coworkers that I had. And they were talking about me staying home and, you know, the baby and all that things. And I remember like, and it pains me to think of this, one of the women, she was like, I could never do that. I just couldn't be okay with not bringing home a paycheck. And I just would feel like I wasn't contributing if I didn't bring a home a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like mm -hmm. a sense of worth. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And it was so intertwined with like, if I don't have that check coming in every two weeks, I am not fulfilling my end of the bargain. Like I am not doing the same level of work as my husband is. Um, and I think it's, it's just so, it saddens me because I know that that idea is still pervasive. I mean, that was like seven years ago, but I know that that is not gone. Um, and I get it, right? Like it's, it's easy to to qualify things when they have numbers attached to them or I have, you know, like tangible things that you look at the end and you say, okay, well I achieved this and therefore I have this thing to show. Mm. You don't have that when you're staying out with your kids. Like you just don't have those sort of things that are tangible. Like you really have to like look for it. Um, and so I think just that idea of like the worthiness of what you're doing. And I think it's just like, you know, you don't have to look that far to see like even someone like when I remember women's rights really started up like maybe 10 years ago. And it was like, well, these women are wasting their lives like they're wasting their lives to stay home. And these mm. are women talking to other women mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of like your calling like is not worthy. It is not on the same level. You are not doing, you, you know, the other members of your gender a service by staying at home and doing these menial type of things. Things. Um, which again, I mean, if you don't, I, I think it's, you know, that was obviously like secular viewpoint, but it's like, if you don't have that lens of like, what has God called you to do? And like, we know like Jesus was a servant, like his, the, you know, the, the big things that we remember him doing, loving people, like we're not like these extravagant glamorous things like washing feet like mm -hmm. you know like just yeah. getting in there with like the lowest and you know the least valuable people in society's jobs like that's what he was doing so it's like yeah like is what you're doing glamorous like changing diapers or like you know cleaning the table for the fifth time today like no those are not glamorous things but you're called to serve and it, it's the way that I feel and I'm sure a ton of other parents out there feel like they're called to do. And, and this is the way that I'm doing it for my family. Mm. Um, and I think it's just like, how do you go about that? And I think it's just, it's, it's, it pains me to think that that calling could be like diminished for like this idea of like, I need to do a paycheck because that other thing over there is not, is not as worthwhile. Yeah, because there's nothing in the scripture where God says this work is is higher than another mm -hmm. work. All work is that's done in the in the name of the Lord and in His strength is worthy. Mm -hmm. All work, not some work, not being a pastor or being a CEO of a company or an engineer. All work is if it's done in the name of the Lord is worthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What about you, Darcy? Did you ever struggle with just feeling 
worthy of your work or your role? I mean, I, I remember, I remember a couple of times, you know, someone making some sort of comment, oh, it must be easy. Oh, that must be so easy. It must be nice. Oh, that must be really nice to stay home all day and not do anything kind of a thing. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm, I'm more likely to kind of recognize maybe what they're talking about. I mean, I, we had plenty of days where, you know, it was movie Friday. And so, yeah, I'm sitting around at two o'clock in the afternoon, having a move, you know, sitting with the kids on the couch, watching a movie. And yes, was it nice? It was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Um, and so there's, you know, taking the kids to the park in the middle of the week. Yes, that's awesome. Um, and so, yes, that's, that probably feels better than, you know, going to some meeting or writing some report. Um, but there were also lots of days when, um, probably more days than the other day, <laughs> other days where you're cleaning up some kids throw up at the same time you're trying to, you know, mediate an argument and, you know, having discipline issues and, you know, this kid won't eat that and this kid won't do that. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you're like, I wish I could have gone to work because that would have been easier. And there's a lot of days that are like that. No, but knowing that I wouldn't trade it because I'm, it's, this is a long view, a long, uh, it's not a game, but you know, it's that a long kind of, game, not a short long game. game. Yeah. yeah. I'm not in it for just what happened today. I'm in it for what happens every day, cumulative effect of the, the training that goes on and the proactive parenting and the, the fact that I made a mistake over here, but I'm going to apologize to the, my kids. And I'm going to show them what it means to, to be humble. And then, have another bad day and then come repeat that over and over again. Um, knowing that that is where I see gonna, I'm going to see the most benefit is not each individual day, but all the days, mm. um, that, uh, that I'm going to see the kids as they grow up, their ben- the it's for their benefit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sure. There's a lot of great, great days, but there's, even more really, really hard days. So do you think that those comments reflect just not understanding the value of the investment into your kids of being present, um, being loving and, and really just being there for those kids, like for your kids? Yeah. And I think sometimes people, you know, there's some, maybe some of those parents didn't have stay at home parents. They don't understand Mm. what it means because they didn't have that experience. They were in, a great point. they were in daycare because their parents worked. And so that's, that's a valid thing. They don't under, they don't understand it because they didn't live it. Um, but there's also a sense in which, um, I'm, my goal was to be a proactive parent. So engaging in not just sitting back watching their life happen. And I know Mary, you're the same way. Mm-hmm. There's this proactive sense of training, teaching, um, not always, even kind of, you know, perfectly. Right. But it's a, it's a repeat, repeat, repeat over and over and over again. Um, as, as they grow and as they learn, as opposed to just sitting back drinking my, you know, my coffee and letting them figure life out on their own. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you think about the role of a stay at home parent, um, you wear many hats, you might be the CFO or you might be the accountant. You're a teacher. Um, you're um, taking care of, of maybe cooking. You're doing maybe some of the cleaning or most of the cleaning. You're hostage doing negotiator. Hostage <laughs> negotiator. Exactly. Decorator. Um, there's a lot of, of hats that you would wear. Whereas, I, you know, for me, I turn on the computer in the morning. Um, I work with my team. I do some digital marketing. I talk to a client that, you know, you can break my role down into maybe a couple small buckets, but as a stay home parent, you are taking care of a lot of different areas of life within the home, within your kids, within your role, also your relationship with your husband or your wife. Um, 24 seven, 24 seven. Yes. Yeah. You're always on the clock. You're like the president. And no vacation days. No, no vacation <laughs> unless, days. No. unless you happen to have some really nice friends or some really nice parents yeah. who'll watch your kids for a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so what part of all those hats do you really enjoy and which ones 
are not as enjoyable? Um, let's see. So I, I, I think you talked about being a stay-at-home mom and even just a parent in general. I've really, I've learned that I don't really tend to like naturally go with the schedule. Um, I, I'm realizing that something that I didn't necessarily view as a strength, but I'm realizing it as strength now is just, I kind of just want to like every day is what is today going to be. Um, and so I love being able to like, Hey, let's just like randomly go to the park. Let's go get Jamba Juice after school. Like I, I just love that aspect of it. Um, and I don't know what necessarily role that falls under. Um, but I think just like being, I don't know, like adding, adding, like obviously my background was, is being creative. So, um, so I think it could just falls into that of like, you're the creative director. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, there or, you go. yeah there you creative go. director or, or maybe, uh, a, the, uh, cruise director. Yeah. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I, I see practically that comes into, um, one of the things I'm trying to like really lean to is like, okay, how can I make my home? Like, how can I make that a space that my kids and my husband are going to thrive in. Mm. Um, so like making, um, we're kind of in the shift of our playroom. I know Darcy, you've heard a ton about it. Um, but you know, we went from a playroom that the kids use during the day to now they're both in school. So the space needs to be a different space. So it's like looking at that and say, okay, how can we use this space to like connect, like as a family, like how can we have a space where they could be creative? They can draw, they can, you know, do music. They can do all these sorts of things. Um, so it's like looking at that space and like thinking, oh, how can I make this like a space that's going to serve my family? Um, so, so I love that part of it. I'd say the part I do not like, I do not like to cook anything that has to do with food, the grocery <laughs> shopping, the cooking, the meal planning. Like if I could have someone come into my house and do all of those things for me, like I would be so much, I would be a happy, happy person. <laughs> So yeah. a personal chef come in. Yes, and, yeah. personal chef, please. Yeah. I just do, I know, do you watch cooking shows though? You know, I used to watch like the Top Chef and uh -huh. like all that stuff. <laughs> um, so I love the competitive ones and like seeing all the things that all they chopped. do. Yeah, chopped, yeah, yeah, all of those. One. But like my brain just doesn't work that way. Like I'm this weird, I'm a creative, yet I'm very analytical too. So I'm like, let give me a recipe. Like I cannot go by the seat of my pants. Like I don't go that well and like I feel like the people who like love cooking, they just, they're, you know, they just like throw a dash of this and like sprinkle that and they put it all together. And I just, it's not, <laughs> it's not my gifting. It's not at all. My husband does all the cooking. We've kind of made a, a good, I buy the food, he cooks it, I clean. Like that's our, we've settled on that. It keeps yeah. everybody out. A little, awesome. little bit of a win. This has been therapeutic. For yes. Me, so. <laughs> Darcy, of all the hats that you wear around the home, like which ones you, which one do you really enjoy or which ones do you enjoy and which one? Not as much. Yeah, that's so I'm a little bit different in that I I am a kind of a homebody, but I also do well with a flexible structure. So I had these are the things that we do on these days for the most part. So I I don't like rigid structure. I can't take it if that's something you're gonna demand of me. But I do like that kind of flexible. For the most part, I do laundry on this day. And for the most part, we have park day on that day or, you know, whatever. And movie Friday, movie Friday. That's what it was. The <laughs> kids were off early. And so that's what we did. Um, we are such different people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, when the, I think part of what was nice about that is because life was fairly predictable, the kids, kids do enjoy some sort of um, life being some somewhat predictable. Um, and with four kids, I, I needed to make sure that, you know, I knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's kind of, I think, developing that. I love, I mean, organization, you know, Ikea, love it, love all of anything about it, Very being organized. Um, so anytime I can look at a space that's kind of cluttered or messy and figuring out how I can fix it so that it um, is good and organized and, but functionally organized, not just, um, just organized, but a way that's usable. I love that. So, um, functional aesthetics. Yes. Yes. And so that probably is something that's, um, and I loved when they were real little, um, 
I love crafts. I, I love anything that has to do with crafts. And so whether it was painting or um, the kids dressing up or anything that had to do with being in that way, think preschool creative, you know, <laughs> finger painting and Play-Doh. And I, so many of you moms out there freaking out and getting anxiety just because of that. But um, I loved it. Um, bring it on, bring on the messy. And I mean, one time I think I, um, we had this tiny little kitchen um, with linoleum. Um, if any of you even know what linoleum is anymore. And um, the, the two boys were super little. I literally bought a, ba- a huge bag of bean- dried beans, threw them on the floor, and the kids rolled around in the beans for however long. And that was fine because they're easy to vacuum up. That is amazing. <laughs> um, so anything like that um, was super fun. Um, what I don't... Um, do well or don't like is um, anything that's super tedious. Um, as much as I'm organized, I don't like anything that's tedious. So um, I do do the finances, but I don't like it. Um, and I do, I don't like cleaning uh, anything that's tedious in cleaning. I, if it's um, so I like to vacuum because that doesn't feel tedious. I don't like cleaning the back bathrooms because it feels super tedious Um, and so some of that stuff that's ongoing and never changes and always has to be done feels, uh, just hard. And yes, if I could have a, someone come and clean my house, (laughs) I'm there, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so any, anyone listening to this podcast, a personal chef business or a house cleaning business, you have two potential leads (laughs) that you can pursue later. So, um, yeah, so you both face a lot through your day, and all just in the it just in the past as, as stay home parents. Um, how does your faith in Christ really shape the way that you look at each day, or each or week, or season? Um, and then, how is it maybe in the past? How is it shaped? Kind of just getting through each day when your coworkers are little, without f- form of mind and logic. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, I kind of tend to love a good list, you know, like getting things done, that sort of thing. And it's very easy for me to like judge, um, you know, the end of the day, my own personal like, am I doing well by getting those things done? Um, And so I very quickly learned like I cannot do that. That's just not sustainable. Um, So for me, I think it's just like and I, I've been really leaning into this the last couple of weeks, but just how much like Jesus sees people, mm. like he doesn't see the tasks. He doesn't see, you know, like the, all of the things that need to get done and could get done. Um, he sees the people. And so it's just like a constant reminder of like, especially like my kids, especially when they were, when they were younger. Um, and you know, I'm trying to like things I, I do need to get done during the day. Like you can't have, um, a bathroom you haven't cleaned for three weeks, that sort of thing. Like you need to be doing those things, but you've also got kids that it might be, you know, like pulling on your shirt and, you know, mom, 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 while you're trying to get practical things done. Um, but just like really remembering like how much like he sees me mm. and for me to see my kids therefore, and to see their needs, um, you know, and, and balancing, obviously getting things done, but not to see them as tasks. So I think that's like really easy to do and, um, and to kind of forget of like what really is the heart of like you parenting them and like really what should be, um, how you see God's calling for you just in that day and that week and that month. And, and if he were to like, you know, rate, I'm using air quotes, you can't see, um, you at the end of the day, like it, it wouldn't be like, Hey, did you, did you get vacuuming done or not? Like that, that would not be what he would be asking you. It would be like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. did, did when your son was upset, like, did you comfort them? Like, um, and, and all those things that I kind of get spun up and think that are important. Um, mm-hmm. they're just not, you know, they're just not end of the day. Um, so just reminding myself of that and like, I think even to like the patience part of it, you know, of like, hey, he doesn't like, does God like come in and get upset with me if I, you know, ask too many questions or, you know, like <laughs> leave my socks on the ground. Like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, go, uh, 
come to me with, with that sort of thing. So taking God's grace that he extends to you and yeah. being able to take that grace and extend it to your kids mm-hmm. or to yes. your husband. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, and obviously sometimes like it's the last thing you want to do, you know, <laughs> it's the last thing you want to do, but reminding yourself of like, he sends you that grace, like every single day, every mm. moment. And just to continue to extend that to your children. That's beautiful. Darcy, yeah. how, do, how does your faith in Christ shape your day or, or the season? I think um, what I've noticed over time is the uh, impact that um, my my journey with with Christ um, and my willing to en- engage the kids in that conversation of just what's going on with me and what I'm learning mm. and what God's showing me. And I'm so sorry that I was not this for you. And I need you to be honest if I'm not doing this or if I'm failing at this, like having that be more of a dialogue with the kids um, is probably has been more effective than anyone, either discipline or routine or um, kind of rhythm that, we've tried to instill to make something important. Mm. Um, and the, the fact that yes, I can be a failure and I can love Jesus and Jesus changes my heart. And then I can do something differently and then fail again and repeat that process because then the kids knowing that they are failing because we're disciplining them that because <laughs> we're, you know, trying to help them out um, is not, fatal like failure not being fatal it's not fatal for me it's not fatal for you it's something that god uses that discipline he uses it us for for, he does that for us it we do that for our kids through you know as god's agents for our kids and that is um and then we can start again the next day and so that being more dynamic um and impre- like impression on the kids as anyone thinks specifically. Yeah. What are there any challenges that, that come to mind that feel unique as a believer, as a stay home parent that are different than when you were in the workplace? Oh, I think I see my sin way more clearly <laughs> than when you were at work. Than when I was at work. I mean, because people don't know, I mean, you can hide things and maybe not intentionally, but um, kids have a very unique, and I don't think that's a mystery. Kids have a very unique way of pushing your buttons. Um, that what? coworkers, really? I know huh. it's um, <laughs> going to tell you something new here. Um, and so it being all day, every day, um, just a very, unique way and if we're willing to see it i think we do have to be willing to see that that it is us and not always them they're not causing it they're just bringing it out so i just didn't think i was an angry person i really didn't i would have told you when we got married and when i started having kids i'm not an angry person it takes a lot for me to get angry or whatever and then come to find out a couple years in that that's not true it really was kind of like it took me back but then realizing um it wasn't the kids that were making me angry. The anger was already there. They were just bringing it out. And I had to, there's a lot of work that had to be done before the face of God, not, I mean, and in front of my kids and apologizing and that sort of thing. But this was between me and God that I had to, to deal with and repent of, and then repent in front of the kids Mm. that that's who I had been. And that's not someone who I wanted to be anymore. Yeah, Mary, does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah. I think that, like you were saying, I think coworkers, like, I don't think they see you, like, kind of potentially at your lowest, like your kids do. Um, You know, I mean, literally, my daughter's five, and just last night, like, I mean, 3 a.m. this morning, she woke me up because she couldn't find a stuffed animal of hers. Who knows why this child is awake (laughs) at 3 a.m., but she couldn't find her stuffed animal, and she wanted me to find it. Um... And so we were up for about an hour because I said no. And then, you know, she needed to calm herself. But like 
I'm not, I'm not with my coworkers at, you know, 4am when I want to go to sleep. Um, and to like what Darcy said, like they're, you're, you're in it with them. Um, especially when they're at home, like you're in it with them all day. Um, and then sometimes in, into the night. So I think there's just like a level, um, of just exhaustion and, you know, just end of your rope that you're going to experience like with your kids, like your kids see you at the end of the day, your cohorts mm. don't, you know, like your kids see you when you're like, I, you know, have the flu I'm two days into the flu, but I still got to take care of these children and make them lunch and, and all these things. Um, and I think like, we just have such a unique um, opportunity to show them like just how reliant we need to be to Jesus in those moments. Mm. And to what Darcy said, like, to have that repentance of like when we just will not do it right. I mean, it's just inevitable. We're not going to do it right. And we're not going to be, you know, like our best uh, versions of ourselves and to be able to come back to your kids and apologize and own your mistakes and ask for their forgiveness and then remind them of like, and this is why I need Jesus. Because like mm -hmm. you said, I, I am an angry person. Like, I, you know, you don't want to say you are, I am an angry person. I'm a selfish person. I'm a mm -hmm. jealous person. Um, and that's just the reality of it. And to be able to lead with your kids and let them see those moments. Like my kids have seen me cry. Like my, my coworkers never saw me cry. Like my coworkers never, you know, saw <laughs> yeah. those moments. My kids have, you know, my kids know, like they, they've seen all of that. Um, but they also know, like, I don't try to tell them I can do this on my own. Mm. Um, and I think as much as I can like really just like lean into those hard moments you have, and just be as honest with your kids as you can of like, hey, like, I can't do this on my own. I sure don't expect you to do it. And that's what's amazing while we have Jesus. Like, we have him to, like, hold those burdens for us. Yeah. What are some of those spiritual disciplines or rhythms that have been helpful for you to navigate your role as a stay-at-home parent? Yeah, I, it changes <laughs> um, depending on the season mm. with the kids. I remember... My, our kids got up real early and I mean, I am more of a morning person than a night person, but I'm not an early morning person by any stretch of anybody's imagination. So with them getting up early, um, it was really, I just didn't, I didn't get up early to do any kind of time with the Lord. My time with the Lord was at night. They went to bed and that's when I, so that's when I did it. And, and, um, you know, I, I did, I felt the freedom to do that. I never felt like that I was, um, doing it wrong, which may be different for some people who have heard that that's not the way it's supposed to be. But, um, so it just kind of changed over the years. Um, what I, I know that was super beneficial and super important for me was because I am a homebody was to find, um, other people um, most of that time was usually women's ministry at church, um, for, to be around other women who love God, mm. um, to talk about and, you know, talk about God with study a book together. That was really important for me because it was too easy for me just to sit at home day after day with the kids and do our own thing, but then not engage. And, um, and so a lot of that spiritual formation, I think, happened when I was engaging with other women, other moms, women who were all different stages of being a mom and um, women who uh, happened to be able to go to a Wednesday morning Bible study, but they were, that was just because it was the day they had off and they didn't have kids or they weren't married. You know, we had like a, just a mix of all sorts of women. So it mm. wasn't necessarily young moms either. And that's... I think that's been really important for me. Um, I think so. I'm, I'm totally going to give a shout out to Seth. Who knows if he hears this. <laughs> um, but so a couple years ago, like going through really tough season, my mom passed away suddenly um, in the midst of like my daughter's being born a little bit before that. Like it was just kind of a crazy season. Um, and he like shared with me this idea of like a breath prayer. Um, and so the one specifically he like shared with me was your kingdom, not mine. 
Um, Because I realized like through all that stress, like I was just trying to like grasp control of any little thing that I could get control of because I felt like everything was out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that like rhythm of those like breath prayers, because to what Darcy said, like, uh, you know, my my rhythms and like the morning and like what my evenings look like, I mean, they shifted over the last, you know, seven, eight years um, with at one point I was getting up early in the morning. Um, you know, last year I found out about a thyroid thing, so I couldn't get up in the morning cause I didn't have energy. So it just, it just really shifted. But that idea of like that, just like breath prayer of like in the moment, if either, if you're, you're feeling stressed out, if you're not, um, but just going to God, like throughout the day in prayer, um, has really shifted how I thought it, because I think, especially in the first couple of years of me being a Christian, like I had this idea of like, you know, if you go on like YouTube or anything, look up quiet time, like it's this, you know, <laughs> two hour long light, a candle and your comfy blanket and your coffee and it's beautiful, you know, all the things. Yeah. It's glamorous. <laughs> like if you're 22 and don't have any kids and like have all the time in the world to yourself but it, I, and I kept like trying to like create that for myself and it's like that's not realistic like and necessarily it's not necessary at all mm-hmm. um so I think it gave me permission when I really like thought of like hey like this does not need to be this big thing like if you can do that like it's amazing and I think that like especially with my kids being in school now like I'm trying to figure out what is my rhythm now like mm-hmm. I have this time during the day and I can't mm-hmm. do it during the day mm-hmm. um but even then like in those busy seasons of like it doesn't need to be this big production like you can be coming to God all day like while you're doing dishes like whenever you're in the car driving somewhere like that those can be moments you can spend with him so I think that's been the big thing with me is establishing times just little moments throughout the day Mm -hmm. yeah so um imagine you're at a coffee shop you've had an opportunity to um you know put together a, a meeting with a young lady, maybe she's 23, 25, 27. She's decided her and her husband have decided that she's going to stay at a home. She's going to quit her job. What advice would you give her or what questions would you ask her in terms of just thinking through that decision or making that transition from the workplace into the home? Wow. Um, I think there'd initially be a lot of questions um, you know, we're all wired differently, uh, different strengths and different weaknesses. And so what may be hard for me won't be hard for somebody else. What was a lot easier for me is, um, because I'm, you know, like, like for instance, I'm a homebody. So staying at home, um, and not having somewhere to go every day wasn't difficult, but I had a friend, you know, early on who she had a hard time staying home. She would just loved being out and about and, um, so her, for her staying in one place was difficult. Um, so just, yeah. I think asking a lot of questions about, and then just kind of addressing, um, that, you know, when something is hard, how do you deal with it? Um, do you have people that you can talk to? Do you have mentors? Um, do you have a community of people around you that can kind of help you navigate when, something is difficult or when you are running into something that you don't know how to, how to handle, do you have those people? Um, and I think those would be some questions that I would ask them um, just to get them thinking and because everybody's journey is unique. And sometimes we, you know, think those three ahead of time and sometimes we don't and God has to kind of tap us on the shoulder or smack us in the face, you know, whatever gets our attention um, to help us learn those lessons. He is faithful to teach us and to meet us where we're at, no matter, no matter how that comes. Mm. Mary, what, what advice would you give or what questions would you like to ask? Yeah, I think like Darcy said, I think I would start with just like a lot of questions of, um, I think really get like asking, like, what do you think your like a normal day is going to look like. Um, And just like having them think through like what they think that that is going to be. Um, And then, you know, depending if it was realistic, if it's not, it's like kind of breaking down some of those things. Like, okay, if, if you have a season or say that person loves to cook, you have a season, you just don't have the energy to cook. You just don't. What is that going to look like? How, how are you going to work through that? Um, I think it's just like breaking down. I think like, any expectations like I think it's just so hard to like have an idea of how something's going to be and then at least for me like Darcy said we're all wired differently but for me it's like if the expectation doesn't you know actually happen then it's like how do you how do you go past that like how do you work through that and a lot of times it's it's hard you know 
um, like I, I became a mom when I was 30. So it was like, I wasn't like 22 or 23. Like I had a long time to think about and like see other people, what their motherhood looked like and like all of those things. And to get ideas of what I thought it was going to be when I was eventually a mom. So I think it's just like kind of breaking down, like, okay, if, if this is what you think it's going to be like, if it's not like, what, what, what is that? How is it going to be for you? Mm. Who do you have like as support system, like you can't do this on solo. How are you gonna like work through like babysitters? Like just like thinking through all of those different things that um, you might not like realize might kind of be uh, things, but would be good to like have going through your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think also talking through the idea that um, sometimes we can get stuck and we feel like we are our kids savior. Like it's all up to us we have to do it right. We have to teach them this and this, and it's our responsibility to um, show them what the beauty of Jesus, which yes, we need to be, you know, paying attention to those things. And those things are for sure really important, but we are not their savior. And um, we have a lot of influence and we should use that influence, but we, we cannot bring that about. So there is no, if I do A, B, and C at, at age eight, nine, 10, 12, whatever that we have that age in our mind when we, they should put their trust in Christ. If we do this thing and this thing and this thing, right, they will. Yeah. And we can get stuck in that. Um, and it's not the way it is. And so some kids, are going to trust Christ at five, some of them at 35, some of them at 60. That's God's, that's God's plan. That's the story God's writing for that child. Um, we just need to be faithful to be um, the parent he's calling us to be and using our strengths, growing in our weaknesses, saying, I'm sorry, trying again and loving Jesus with and being faithful in our own walk and letting God, because it's, he's the one that saves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Time for some fun questions. Um, you have a robot who uh, helps you around the home. Uh, what would you have them take care of? Uh, nap time or going to bed at night? Oh, oh bedtime. gosh. Bedtime. Bedtime. <laughs> so nap, nap time was easier compared to. Yes. No, really? but. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah. But uh, I really yeah. need my nighttime sleep <laughs> and I really wanted to be done for the day. So yeah, nap time wasn't necessarily easier, but I'll take bedtime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had some bedtime struggles. <laughs> yeah. um, my son had night terrors, still oh, has them occasionally. Yeah. So yeah, bedtime is very, very complicated. It's kind of a touchy subject depending on the season. So mm. yeah, I, I remember you and I sitting on the couch wondering if there was something wrong with our kids because mm -hmm. they just couldn't manage. No, th there, there is something wrong with them. <laughs> we just we do, hadn't been able to diagnose why they couldn't stay in we bed. We just couldn't manage to figure that out. Yeah. But mm. um, do you Sabbath well? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think that I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Like I said, I we kind of tend to like go all or nothing. So I think we got it. We got to get that balance of like, it's okay to chill. It's mm. okay to rest. It's okay to recover. So we we briefly mentioned uh, that stay-at-home parents, you know, don't get vacations, but you do get vacations. So if you, uh, if you have your choice of a vacation, city, mountains, or beach, what is your number one choice? Oh, beach. I don't even. You. Why? What, what, what is it about the beach? Uh, so I I love the sound of water. Oh, like, yeah. Honestly, any water, but like waves are just magical. Yeah. Um, I'm a big reader. So like to me, picture perfect is on a beach in a hammock, reading a book and then falling asleep. Like that's I like I yeah. could do that for wow. a week. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darcy? So I, I really love the mountains. Um, I, I love the beach too. So my answer is usually a cheat because it's like, find me some mountains on the edge of a beach, you know, um, so I can listen to the waves while smelling the pine trees. Like that's kind of the <laughs> ideal for me. I, I, but I, 
it when I when it comes right down to it, and I have to pick between the two mountains all the way because I I think it's more the smell and the I love the fresh air and the pine trees and it just there's just something super calming in that for me. Mm. What's the number one thing you see on social media about being a parent that just bugs you? That just seems very unrealistic. You see that thing on Instagram or Facebook, you're like, come on, really? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say uh, a couple of kids. So like, think I would, this maybe ages me. I'm thinking more magazine picture, but it could be Instagram picture too. You know, a couple of kids sitting on the floor. The house is immaculate. And it's new. Um, I mean, a lot of people have new homes, but it's immaculate. And they're just sitting quietly on the floor playing some super educational, you know, STEM game, um, (laughs) getting along and smiling. And it just looks awesome. That's it kind of bugs me because I'm like, that doesn't even look like one day that we ever had. So your real issue is with marketing and advertising. Yes, it, I do. I have a oh, big no. issue. Do you have a, you have a, you have a. We, a, can, we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm lucky you spoke first because I got to think about it. I think the idea uh, that anything is like one size fits all. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. I, I mean, if my kids have taught me anything, it's like I have some influence, but God created them, not me. Yeah. Like I literally did the same thing with both of them for like talk about nap time. My son didn't, I mean, he fought me tooth and nail. That child would literally fall asleep holding on to <laughs> the crib crying, like yeah. just, you know, did not want anything to do with it. My daughter fell asleep in the middle of our living room on the floor by herself when she was four months old. Yeah. I literally did the same thing. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is that there is one prescriptive method Mm. that work for all kids. It's so not true. And it's damaging. I I had so much guilt. I brought so much guilt and just like burden of like, what am I doing wrong that my kid won't sleep and, and I'm doing everything they say Mm -hmm. to do. Clearly I'm not doing it right because their kid just like, you know, falls asleep after 10 minutes and mine isn't. So I think that's the thing. I think it's yeah. just, it's so damaging. It's so dangerous, like, to to give moms that idea of, like, oh, just do this one thing and it'll work for every kid. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Oh, yeah. I agree really with good. that. That's yeah. really good. Well, you both have unique perspectives of being in the workplace and being stay-at-home parents. Um, what is the one quality or value that anybody can bring to any type of work? What is the number one quality or value a person can bring to any type of work? I think positivity. Mm. Um, I think back to when I was working, um, it was something that, and I think honestly, I think it was because I was Christian. Like I was in a a team where there was me and one other person that were Christians. Um, but, But having a positive outlook, especially when things are really hard and like everybody just wants grumble, be negative. But, like, if you can just keep that positivity, you're like, this is not end all be all. Like, it'll be fine. We're okay. Um, was huge. And I, and I think it was just something that, like, stood out. And I think, like, especially being a parent, too. Like, if you can be positive and, like, if you can just kind of, you know, laugh about the situation when <laughs> you can through hard times um, and just try to keep, like, a perspective of, like, my kid not napping. Like, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Like, it is what it is. We can... You just trust God's knows what's best for us and go through it. Mm. I think it's good. That's yeah. Great. And I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, so I'll pick being teachable. Mm. I think as a parent recognizing as much as um, sometimes we feel like we know what we're doing or you don't know what you're doing. However, that, that ends up just being teachable and hearing people and sometimes people are going to have a great idea and you're like, wow, that would work for our family. And sometimes you're going to hear things you're like, nope, that wouldn't work for our family. But just hearing that there's lots of different ways from doing something and, and learning and wanting to learn and being willing to change the way you approach something, the way, the way you communicate with your kids, um, the way you, you know, approach difficult things, uh, 
just having that willingness to kind of bend and change and, and move and not in a way that's with the wave of the wind and this is the fad now, but really taking the time to think through kind of how the effect you have on people. And if you're realizing that what you're doing is not effective in a positive way or in the way that God would have it, then finding a way to do that differently. And mm. it doesn't matter if they're five or 15 or 18 or 25. There's, there's always things that we can learn and ways we can grow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Being teachable and having a positive attitude. That's, that is huge. Well, thank you both for your time. Thank you both for, for uh, being honest and, and transparent. Thank you also just for your faithfulness to Jesus, your faithfulness to our church and to your, your families. Um, we love you. For those of you listening, we do love you. We hope this has been super encouraging and in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you.